Hey guys, hope everybody's doing good. Um, I will start with an apology for lack of podcasting. It's probably a combination of um, Christmas, New Year's. I finally think I've recovered from um, London. You know, I, I honestly think it took a lot longer than um, perhaps previous marathons have taken. Um, I'm not convinced I've ever really fully recovered from a previous marathon when I thought I'd recovered, if that makes sense. So, like, I probably thought four or five weeks later, you know, I was good to go. In fact, there's been times that I've sort of fancied myself, like, 48 hours later that my legs are sort of okay. But, um, I, I guess recovery time depends very much on how fast you run and and how hard you push so um i think the combination of larn the half marathon 61 minutes um and then london the 209 i think both just had a, a big impact on my body and so obviously i tried my best to take my time to recover um but then it's it's crazy that I'm still, you know, this must be 10 weeks later and I'm still getting treatment on an area of my body that hurt during the London Marathon. So um, front of my right hip and right hamstring, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still on a physio table, you know, not two days ago there getting treatment and that kind of links into um, hamstring, adductor, um yeah probably an area of weakness for me and and it's it's probably fascinating that you know in the gym you can be quite strong but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're you're injury free or you will remain injury free and the body has to kind of work i guess in sync and potentially since london mine hasn't quite been working in that same sink that it that it usually does and that's what's causing me to overload that right hamstring and and that's what's been causing me a few issues in training so um look there's there's been quite a lot going on there was you know i'll not go into too much detail but you know I, i spent the last probably two and a half weeks really tired um I, you know, I like I've been very open about the fact that I've been working with a sports psychiatrist and we started a form of medication, I guess, two and a half weeks ago. And um, it really, really knocked me out. Like, you know, I, I read reviews and, you know, I, I, <laughs> I read little bits and pieces about what people said and, um, you know, about like, I guess the fact that you can like get tired you can't have a bit of tiredness things like this and these are kind of side effects that are certainly to be expected and and all that but honestly it, it really really knocked me out and I guess I didn't really know I, it was hard to tell if it was if it was the medication if, if it was fitness if it was bloody COVID you know and um yeah there was just a lot going on and that's probably another reason why you know, I, I wasn't podcasting and I was actually supposed to fly to America 
um, last week, and and then you know basically the fact that I think I it was probably about four days before I was supposed to fly to America, um, and I slept for I think sixteen hours, something like that, um, something really really ridiculous. I I went to bed at like six o'clock at night and didn't get up until half eight the next morning, and. You know, I I sort of realized pretty quickly that something wasn't quite right, and uh, I'm not going to go on about the medication anymore. It's you know, it's 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 personal. It's uh, it's not something I'm in any way, shape, or form, you know, um, call it ashamed of or worried about or look at it's supposed to help, and and I'm all for that and. Everybody has different reasons why they would, you know, perhaps want help or seek help. And um, I probably just, you know, had, you know, I think what eventually made me make a phone call that set the whole get help up um, was the decision to leave France um, you know, I, I was up training in France and I made this decision to last minute leave. Um, and I kind of got really frustrated about it because I was like, you know, Stephen, you had, you had planned to stay there. You were going to you were going to stay all the way to London. And let, let's ignore what happens next, because obviously I make the decision to leave. And and then that ends up making me finally decide to, you know, race Larn and. And that was a really cool thing. And that worked out, you know, really well at the time for Lauren. Um, but I literally got off the phone to my mother the night before I eventually left France. And I told her, like, you know, yes, I'm going to stay in France. It, it's going really well. I'm training really well. There's no distractions, all this sort of stuff. And, and then I guess, you know, to my surprise and her surprise, you know, the next morning, I book a flight back to London and, you know, next thing you know, um, I'm back in London and it's like, where on earth did that come from? And and so I I suppose I, I looked at the patterns of the last couple of years and I looked at some of these probably very impulsive decisions and I started trying to kind of like... I guess just figure out why these impulsive decisions were being made. And so when when you speak to a psychiatrist, they, you know, they'll they'll sort of ask like, you know, do you have anxiety or like did you have an attack? Like are are you stressed? Are you are you like depressed, you know? And and they're asking all these things and you know, I I didn't really feel any of those things specifically. But I, I guess I just decided that some of my behavior wasn't normal. Um, and so that was fine. Like, I, I didn't call up a, a psychiatrist to, you know, talk about the fact that I'm sad or, or talk about the fact that I'm lonely or um, anything like that. It, it, was, it was massively linked to this impulsiveness, this, these decisions that were being made often very random um and, and what I sort of used to explain was what would basically happen is I would wake up with this 
idea, this feeling, and, and maybe it was anxiety. I don't really know. It's hard to tell. Um, because anxiety comes in so many different forms. You know, it's, it's, if you get like a, the, the best way to explain something like mental health issues is, or, or not explain though, is basically if you, if you have a cold, you know the symptoms, you have a runny nose, you have a, a dry throat, you know, you feel a bit lazy, you feel a bit tired. Mental health issues, it's, it's a lot harder to, basically to pinpoint and, and narrow down perhaps what the symptom is because the human brain and, and how we are as people, we get so good at masking what's going on. We, we normalize like we normalize what's going on in ourselves and we normalize how we're feeling, etc., etc. And um, yeah, like, Basically, you might have went through a long, long period of unhappiness or sadness or, or really anxiousness and, and your body normalizes it. And how the best way I can explain that is when you're sick, you get used to being sick, right? So if you have a throat infection, if you have a chest infection, if you have a really bad cold, you kind of get used to it. And then as you start to get a little bit better you actually think you're completely better and you kind of wake up and because you were so used to what was going on and you were so used to the feeling tired and you were so used to the blowing your nose, etc., etc., all of a sudden when some of those symptoms stop, you kind of think you're better and then probably about a week later, you wake up and all of a sudden you're way, way better and that's the moment that you realize, wow, as if a week ago, I thought I was better, but now I'm actually better. And probably you think to yourself, oh my God, as if two weeks ago, I was actually think about, thinking about training and thinking about training hard when I, my body was broken, you know? And, and, and that's just like head cold, chest infection, throat infection. I think the thing with mental health is, you normalize, if your brain's super, super busy, um, you know, and it's always thinking, maybe it's always worrying, um, and that's kind of anxiety, like always worried about things, whether it's training, whether it's life, whether it's, your, your brain kind of starts to normalize it. Um, and I guess in that moment that your brain accepts and, and normalizes these feelings, and um, you, you kind of just get used to it. It becomes your norm. Um, and so it's, it's really hard to tell what the, the long story short there would be. It's actually really hard to tell if you have got mental health struggles or, um, you know, anxiety or, or depression or sadness or worries or fears and, and all these kind of things. And, um, at the end of the day, there's, there's help out there. I, I seeked help, you know, I, I, it's not, like I said, I, I, I wasn't suicidal, I wasn't sad, I, I, I wasn't, you know, it, it, it was nothing, it was nothing super, super intense, but I can tell you that the first time I called the, the doctor who works for Athletics Northern Ireland, um, I called him up and, and, you know, I, I opened this conversation that I thought maybe I needed help 
not from a sports psychologist, not, you know, not to work on my strategy on race day, not to, you know, talk about some sort of like, you know, sport related worries or nerves or how to cope better or if you're not motivated, how to motivate yourself. I I knew that I was opening the door that I needed like proper help. Um and I guess the day I did that I you know I, I cried my eyes out. Like I, I was really, really, really upset on the phone. Um and I guess why it probably upset me that much was because I was I think I was really happy and excited that I had opened the door to sort of get help and it was the first time that I had sort of openly call it not admitted but openly sort of suggested that I, I wasn't okay and that was really frightening that was you know like and I broke down into tears and I sort of like came to the conclusion that wow like you know I, I remember thinking I think if people spent a day or a week in my head and and realize the kind of worries and doubts and anxiety and all this stuff that I have, have been dealing with for, you know, so many years of my life, it would make some of my performances just seem even more probably incredible than, you know, what they've been. Um, and that was quite like, that was quite nice. That was quite, now look, Everyone, everyone has things they struggle with, you know, and, and maybe that's how I used to justify it and, and make it okay. That, that was probably my, I don't know, do we call it rationalization that I sort of like, I had this attitude of like, you know, not, not like suck it up, but like, you know, everybody has things they deal with, Stephen. So like, you know, don't be acting like pity party about yourself or, or, you know, things like that. And, and I probably, masked some of the stuff that was going on and and you know justified it and made it seem like it was okay and and actually it it probably wasn't okay and um you know and and I think a lot of that is what led to this this kind of impulsiveness that you know you, you have these worries you, you might think like you should be somewhere else you might not feel settled and and normally when you don't feel settled or you're worried about something or there's a a weight sitting over you I used to think like by moving location or by going somewhere else or by trying something else, it might shift the sort of weight or the load or, or, or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, I, I guess it just never shifted because I used to just move around all the time and, and I kind of wanted to stop doing that. Um, and, and I wanted to be a little bit more responsible and, um, and also I thought my, I thought my running could benefit from sticking to plans a little bit more. And um, I guess the sad bit of the story was when I sort of thought that what I what I didn't want therapy or medication to do was change me and make me, you know, not as good as what I am. So the, the big worry for me was that, you know, maybe by taking medication or, or you know, maybe by by having this therapy, you know, you might get rid of some of your anxiety, you might get rid of some of your nerves, you might get rid of some of your worry, and not nerves, but worry, anxiety, and, and, and all these things. But then I was like, but, 
but what if the fact that I live with all of that on a daily basis and, you know, I've been through some really challenging moments in life and, and, and believe me when I say that, like, I'm not talking about races here. I, I'm not talking about world champs. I'm not, this isn't running related. This is real stuff in life that, you know, this is adversity I've lived through and gone through and dealt with and, um, you know, childhood upbringing, all, all these kind of things. And, you know, but, but maybe the, the great athletes in the world and the champions are bred. Are, aren't we learning more and more that great athletes are bred from adversity? You know, by, by going through the suffering, that's why on marathon day you can push as hard as you can push and, and you know, you can, you can break through because it was never an option to quit or, or things like this. And, and so the big worry for me was, um, that, yeah, basically, by getting help or by, you know, trying medication or trying something, trying something to make me honestly as as simple as I could put this is to make me happier. I wanted to be happier. Honestly, I, I don't know for how long, you know, I've not been like just happy. Like that's a, that's a really crazy thing to say, but you know, I, I put on my Instagram the other day and I said, you know, this has been a, you know, an amazing year on paper and, and, you know, I achieved all these amazing things. And, but, you know, like, I didn't know if I was like, when, when you're struggling with mental health, I don't think you embrace happiness. You don't allow it because you've shut yourself down a bit. You're, you're down in the dumps. You're a bit doom and gloom. And, and I think I had stopped I had stopped allowing myself to even embrace happiness or enjoy it or, or, you know, and, and, and then, okay. So happiness in life is a real struggle as it is, you know, what is happiness? What, what invokes happiness? How do we know if we're happy? How do we know if we're not and things like this? But um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to be happier, but I didn't want that to come at a cost of, losing my ability to be brilliant and and so I spoke to the honestly the sports psychiatrist and I you know I told him my concerns and and you know I I obviously said that you know there, there's things I think I need to work on I'm, I'm absolutely brilliant at dealing with struggles on race day Um, when shit hits the fan I'm, I'm brilliant at pulling it back you know I never give up I never quit and things like this but I was like but you know life literally scares the shit out of me um and you know like I need to work on that I need to be better at life I need to be better with my friends I need to be better with my family I need to be better in relationships and and running is running's a small small part of this big crazy world that we live in and and you know it'll come and go okay running never has to go and actually running is the the anchor of my mental health being as stable probably as it is and and even though I was in a probably a, a pretty bad place the sports psychiatrist would probably have said um in terms of my mental health but running was probably the anchor that you know perhaps stopped me from having a a real serious breakdown and, and if you watch the Tyson Fury documentary you'll you'll sort of see that his breakdown comes after winning you know the world the world titles because once you once you don't have a focus once you don't have something that 
you know, really helps your mental health. Um, it, it's really easy to pretty much fall off the wagon. Um, and I guess that's that's what I actually did in twenty end of twenty sixteen. Um, when I stopped running and I quit and, and, you know, I went to rugby and socializing and, you know, pretty, pretty bad behavior and, and all sorts of bad stuff, you know, that, that's when I, that's when I really spiraled and, uh, you know, my mom would tell you I was depressed. It was, it was dark. You know, I, I didn't answer the phone. I didn't want to speak to anybody. I was ashamed of myself. I was, um, embarrassed by how I thought I was behaving at the time. When in reality, I wasn't really doing like, I, you know, I wasn't like committing crimes. I wasn't I just because I lost running that I thought was so pure and so amazing and, and took so much dedication and and I let that go. And then all of a sudden it meant I didn't have to sleep early. It meant I didn't have to eat all the right food. I started to become ashamed of myself. And that's that's tragic. You know, that's so I spiraled into this like really deep and dark place and so running has been that anchor throughout all of this and it's something that you know like I said I did say it can't last forever but the the professional running world can't last forever and that's why I wanted to work on you know small things like even social skills but also like relationship skills and and being able to um be in relationships and and not worry or not be anxious or not be um all these things and um history your past can can creep up and haunt you in situations like this and and look i i i will go on to repeat we all we all deal with different things and we all deal with it in different ways but um basically since i started speaking to a therapist in I want to say straight after I came back from France, because that was the big, like, you know, something needs to be done here. It was pretty much the start of September. And I noticed massive changes in all the areas that I that I wanted there to be changes. I was, you know, I was far less stubborn in life. And my behavior was far more consistent. You know, I'm I'm still in England, which means... I've been in the one location from September, October, November, December, now January. That's five months. You know, that's, that has to be some kind of record for me. Um, you know, the, the performances that came and Lauren, the performance on the day of London, there, there were just really positive changes. My sleep really improved. I had some of my first night's sleep in a long, long time where I just went to bed and, and you know, didn't wake up until the next morning. Um, I guess I didn't realize that that was normal. I, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was normal to wake up at two o'clock, at four o'clock, at six o'clock. Um, and so, yeah, like last two weeks has been a bit of an adjustment period. And I'm not definitely, definitely going to keep taking the medication. We, we I, I was offered or advised that medication could help even before London Marathon. So, you know, a couple of months ago, and I, of course, I said no, because um, I read about side effects, I read about the tiredness, and, and, you know, now that I've actually taken it, I'm thinking, thank the Lord I didn't take it before London, because it really would have dampened um, my confidence going in, because it really, you know, it made me tired, it made me feel like I was hungover for 
about 10 days in a row. That's no lie. I felt sick for nearly 10 days in a row. I was warming up for sessions and just feeling nauseous the entire time that I was running and and then getting through sessions, but heavily, heavily underperforming in sessions and, you know, feeling just nauseous during, after, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason I'm probably podcasting is because things have started to, I guess, just perk up a little bit again and, and energy levels seem better, mood seems better, and training a lot, lot better, and back to back to where I'm pretty excited to go training because I know it's probably going to be a pretty good day. And, and I guess what was frustrating was that I felt like I deserved training. <clears throat> I sort of felt like I deserved training to be going well because I'd worked hard and I'd gone the altitude and, you know, I'd, I'd put in what I thought was a, a solid block of training. And, um, yeah, I guess it just wasn't going that well. And I, I was confused if it was fitness or um, didn't really know what was going on. But I, I've gone back to very, very basic training stuff that I used to do with um, actually with Nick Bedou a long time ago because I'm right beside what I call Bushy Park, if anyone knows, but it's a it's a park in London. We we just did very simple training around the area. You know, I wanted to simplify training and life. So rather than trying to overcomplicate things, if you were coached by Nick Bedeau on a Tuesday morning, you went to the park and you did K's. You know, if you were coached by Nick Bedeau on a Thursday, you went to the park and you did tempo. And Saturday, you either did hills or you did tempo around the park. And and so rather than like, because there's been so much going on, and what I mean by so much going on is, you know, like medication, um, you know, COVID, worry, trying to plan training camps. There's There just seems to be lots going on. I, I didn't, I just wanted the training to be simple. I just wanted one thing in my life to just be simple and not be complicated. You know, I'm, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. It's a Tuesday. It's not complicated. Go to the park, run some Ks, go home. And, and, I, and I've actually really appreciated doing that. You know, it, it, it might not be the, the best training in the world. Maybe it is. I don't know. You know, who knows? Like in running, running's pretty damn complicated. Um, but, but it's just been pretty simple. I've, also now booked an altitude camp. So luckily, um, Athletics Ireland and we're able to help and figure out travel to the States. And so I have an altitude camp booked. Um, I wasn't really sure whether to go to the altitude or not, but basically how I'm going to, how I've kind of decided to attack this year is actually not to attack this year. And um, and I think a lot of a lot of people probably go into the Olympic year whether they're qualified or not qualified, and and actually overtrain and and overpush. Um, and and I guess I just want to avoid that if I possibly can. I think it's very difficult. I've I've just realized it's very difficult to recover from like you know sixty one minute half marathon or faster or you know you know, had I considered doing another marathon, if they exist in sort of March, April, I've seen how long the recovery process from that can be. 
both mentally and physically. Um, and so what I'm trying to do over the next couple of months is train um, sensibly, live very, very professionally. So by taking my foot off the gas a little bit in terms of the training, it doesn't mean that I'm not being as professional as I can possibly be. And so that's two very different things. So um, you can take your foot off the gas in training. If you take your foot off the gas as well in your lifestyle, well, then you could end up with illnesses. You could end up with even fatigue, even though you're not even training that hard. But if you're not living well and you're not sleeping well and you're not eating well and all these kind of things. So the, the strategy is basically that I'll train at 80 to 90% of my full capacity, you could say. I'll still do my altitude camps. You know, I'll, I'll still, the structure of the year will still look really good. But then hopefully come March and April, I'll be healthy. I'll be psychologically a little bit fresher than if I had tried to attack a big race in March or April. Um, and then I should be in a position similar to how I felt going to the likes of Font Rameau last July. And I kind of went to Font Rameau a little bit, not unfit, but not very fit at all. Um, that I've really contradicted myself there. I just wasn't that fit going to Font Rameau. Um, and then I kind of went there, but I had so much to work on and so much to improve that with every week, it just got better and better. And that's, that's what I'd be hoping could happen come April with that final push to the Olympics. So April, May, June, July, you should be able to not necessarily improve every week, but you should have little things you can add each week, a little bit more training, a little bit more focus, shift a little bit of weight, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how things build in a, in a really nice way. Um, but like I said, don't, don't confuse that with for the next two months, I'm going to be lazy or for the next two months, I'm not going to try or you know, I'm going to be out getting pissed. And I've actually decided to give up alcohol. Um, that's a really interesting one. I've, I've decided that nothing, nothing good in my life has ever been created because of alcohol. And that's quite a strong statement. But I went back to Belfast to spend Christmas at home Um Belfast wasn't in a lockdown, so you were allowed to go to the pub, but you know you had to be in a in a small group and people from your household and, and stuff like this. Um, and so I, you know, I, I had had drinks and um, I ended up going home, you know, with housemates. Um, and you know, I had probably had, I don't know, I, I it might have been three or four Guinness. I'm I'm lying, it but probably six or seven Guinness. I'm almost certain there was three or maybe four Jaeger bombs and then I went home and started drinking red wine and I spent about 2 a.m. in the morning to about 6 a.m. just throwing up all over myself like I, I couldn't even make it to the bathroom so I'm lying in bed vomit everywhere and, and obviously I, I don't drink 
So when I do and I'm greedy, it, it makes a real fucking mess of me. So here I am. I, I basically wake up. It's about 6 a.m. and I wake up and I'm on the floor and I'm sleeping on the floor and I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck am I sleeping on the floor? Um, and I, I stand up and I see the bed and there's, you know, there's sick all over the bed. And, um, you know, th- this is kind of like, I don't know if it was a, it was a blessing in disguise, but that's not the first time that that something like that has happened. I might've made it to the bathroom in the past and thrown up in the toilet. And this time I just happened to not make it to the bathroom, but I decided that I don't think anything good in my life has ever happened from drinking. And I mean, not any amount, not one glass of wine, not two glasses of wine, not one Guinness, not two Guinness. There's a, there's an idea, like, you know, I, I had an absolutely amazing day at Dublin Marathon. Absolutely amazing. Probably literally one of the best days of my life. Um, and then I went on after Dublin to drink. Both times I've done Dublin, actually, I went on to drink whiskey and beers and shots. And and while I enjoyed being in people's company and I enjoyed celebrating the victory with friends and, and you know, people close to me, I did not enjoy the next day of my life. In fact, a day that was supposed to probably be a continued celebration, like, gave me fear, gave me anxiety, I felt depressed, I felt sad, I felt worried the whole day, I felt nauseous the whole day, you know, I felt sorry for myself the whole day, and I had people texting me saying, well done, and, and I'm curled up in bed thinking, go away, and yeah, it's just an, it's just a fucking disaster for me, and I don't know if anyone listening will be thinking it's a disaster for them too, but yeah, I'm just not going to drink ever again. It's that simple. It, 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 I've, I've just literally decided that nothing, I mean that, nothing good has ever came in my life from drinking. I've only ever regretted things that have happened. Not every single time I've drunk, of course, but I've only, the, the, the things that I regret in my life, the moments that I regret in my life is usually actions that, or feelings or or like I said, how I felt the next day or how I felt that evening, all from drink. My bloody retirement came from drink. Um, and I know it makes me like, I don't know, normal. And, you know, I'm sure we've all thrown up and maybe we've all thrown up on ourselves. And But but I'm doing this. This is for me, you know, and, and, and I, I want to start helping like my body and I want to start helping how I'm feeling and and I want to be better at managing my body and keeping my body, mind, and all those things in a in a good place. Because I, to be really honest with everybody listening, I'm I'm very vulnerable, um, and and you know running, running probably really helps. And you know it, you know the the time I mentioned retiring, it's no surprise that a couple of months later I'm speaking to a psychiatrist because you get to the point that. It might, me saying I'm going to retire to you guys is probably like, oh my God, like, how can you? Like, you know, look how good you are or, or look what you have achieved or look what you could achieve. But to me, when you're in such a dark place, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it was meaningless to me because 
you, you just you don't respect it you don't rate it because you don't rate yourself and that's really sad but you don't you just I just got to the point where I just didn't care I didn't rate it nothing nothing I could do personally would impress myself because I didn't value or rate myself and so the next chapter of my life is to be to be better and I, I'll perform better I, I know that for a fact like it, it just is what it is whether or not um, the medication helps or I'll even continue taking the medication this was a, a period that I knew hopefully there wasn't many races you know I knew it was a period of training where if the medication did cause issues or or I struggled with it or anything like that I knew there was time to um backtrack and 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 say no you know I don't think it helps or anything like that but this is this is not just medication this is you can take medication but (coughs) if you're not willing to actively support yourself now I had got to the point before London and before Larn and I'm not I'm not saying that this is something I had to do just to get by but to keep my mental side of things in a good place for life not for running for life I was having to journal a couple of times a day I was having to headspace a couple of times a day um shit had got pretty bad um but yeah look I I'm the, the action plan from here is to 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 be better I I think I can perform better um, I, I think time has been a great thing for me. Like if we look at the last couple of years, with every year I've I've got better, my performances have got better. Um, but I but I just hope that there's a there's a happier version of Stephen Scullion, and people people notice that and people see that, and then you hopefully will see that in the results. And and if you don't. I guess the, the the real the real probably bigger agenda for me would be that now this is not me saying I don't want to be good because if you know me I want to be good. But the key would be just to just to not care either way, you know, no matter what happens, Stephen will apply himself as much as he possibly can because that's what I love doing. But the the key has to be that at the end of the day, no matter how it goes, so long as I know that I applied myself, that there's a smile and not a broken athlete. And and I think that athlete, first of all, that athlete is the one that can last. That's longevity. If you're that athlete, you'll last the distance. You'll go the distance, so to speak. But also, that athlete will be able to survive in life after running. And that that becomes really important to me because I don't want to have some kind of breakdown when I no longer have the target of, you know, trying to come top 10 at a world marathon major or, um, you know, trying to be successful at an Olympic games. And, um, but look, you know, in terms of goals, I think I can run. I swear to God, if, if I felt as, as good on the start line at London, as I did in Larne, I would have ran 207, 208. There's no no doubt in my mind. I have no idea how I got around the London Marathon. Absolutely no idea. I felt pretty bad from about four mile in, and it was the most horrible day ever, versus 
racing Larn and I'm running like 440 per mile thinking it's a gift and no wonder I was leading because it just felt easy. Um, so, you know, I think there's a big performance there. Um, I, I think I can run, I don't know. I really don't know. I wouldn't even say, I think it would scare me and it might scare you. You might just think I'm being like, I, I think I can run absolutely ridiculously fast for a marathon once I get it right. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Under Armour signed me for three more years and then an option year. So pretty much four more years, which, you know, will run up to Paris Olympics. Um, so maybe I'll have to rename the podcast. That's kind of a joke, but that would be quite funny. Um, but yeah, the reason I actually podcasted was because somebody um, sent me a DM and, and just said that, you know, I guess they'd missed the podcast and, and, you know, and I do apologize for that. Like, um, I guess there has just been a locking on and it's not like an excuse or anything like that, but there's just, there's just been things going on, but I do realize that, you know, the podcast meant a lot to people and, um, a lot of people were able to find some kind of help or enjoyment or, um, you know, and, and I hope as always, I, I've no idea how this podcast is going to come across. I never really do. Um, but again, there's no point this existing if there's not honesty. And this this was always supposed to be the, you know, the no bullshit zone. And, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't talk about things. But, you know, hopefully the next podcast can get back to running and, and training and, and racing and things like that. But, you know, there there was no rules with this podcast. It it was it was just a podcast that was started about a journey to an Olympics. Um and you know, I guess for now the journey continues because I'm told the Olympics are definitely gonna happen. But look guys, thanks for listening. Um I hope you enjoy it. Let's go.